listening to The Food Talk Show. Hi there, my name is Susie Warren-Smith and this is The Food Talk Show and I'm here with my usual mate, AJ. (laughs) Hi. Right, AJ, let's just like no mucking about right okay. have a drink of that and tell me what it is right which one do i start with uh on the right hand side can i have one as well please yeah there you go thank you right have a go what do you think oh that tastes amazing slightly peppery oh that will make you feel good umami Mm-mm. slight salinity really beautiful levels of you know that's that like um what do you call it a sort of collagen-y sort of gelatinous that's the word that's okay. the word which is what you need it has a texture that. doesn't it it's yeah. beautiful what you a can, flavor you can almost chew it what a, a flavor drink. we're starting with the drinks this is yeah this right, is right, my favorite now, show. now try this one okay oh lamb on the nose straight oh away. oh my goodness that is whoa i can smell rosemary and mint even though that's probably impossible but there is something about it oh wow mm. wow 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 now I'm f- so the first one we had. It tastes slightly is, pink. It's chicken, oh. free range organic chicken bone broth. Okay. And then the second one we had is free range organic lamb yeah. bone broth. Absolutely. So you get organicy Divine. animals. Yeah. Obviously they're dead already, I'm presuming. Um, <laughs> you boil up the bones for a hundred years, and that's what you get—an age-old thing that will make you feel better. I love it. Mm. So I'm lucky enough to have Ros Heathcote with me of Borough Broth. Have I got all that right, Ros? I just apply it slightly sort of. Ros is like, (laughs) I can go home now. I'm done. (laughs) So you were last on the programme. It was 2016, actually. Was it? Yeah, and you'd only started in 2015. That's right. So that's nearly seven years ago. Shows how long the Food Talk show has been going. You know, we've been going a long time, these new people on the block don't know what they're doing do they um so um yes so tell us <laughs> yeah so tell us about bone broth what what exactly is it because it's age old isn't it i mean we're again we're lucky enough to be joined by virginia hill who we'll speak to in a minute who's a nutritionist so she, she's gonna be able to tell us as well but it's amazingly good for you it is and i i think a lot of people might associate it with a stock so where you would have bones after a roast, or in this case, we use raw bones, and then you literally just simmer them up, and uh, you can add herbs, seasoning, vegetables, and that's kind of it. It's really, really simple, but it's very slow, so we cook ours for 24 hours, um, and then you drain it and chill it and sell it. I mean, that's kind of all we do. We have a very simple business. We collect bones from organic abattoirs and organic farms, and yeah, we have a whole range of different flavors, lamb, beef, chicken, etc., duck. Um, but yeah, in its simplicity, it's basically a stock. But the difference of a stock versus a bone broth is that we season it and we slow cook it. Right. So whereas a stock would be like a fast boil. Yeah. Really, uh, and you makes know, the house smell. Yeah. But well, both make the house smell, actually. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but um, but it's a bit steamier. Yeah. And, um, you know, a traditional stock like that a chef would make would normally not have any seasoning in it, whereas ours is seasoned to taste. 
So okay. you can just have a mug of it as is. Because mm. there is a salt level to it. Like it, yeah. it tastes good enough to drink straight out of the pack, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. definitely. I order this stuff all the time. I love Do it. You? Yeah. It's so good for you in the winter. I just, I just, they used to occasionally do it in, in like coffee shops and stuff. They don't seem to do it anymore, but it's so good. I, I love just it. never, I've come across it tasting, but I've never come across it in terms of, oh, you must buy that to make this. Mm. gravy sauce base i mean is that what you use so, it? so you know when you go to like faux i think it's called no Vietnamese what are you talking about you're having a stroke no no there's a chain <laughs> there's a chain in london uh well i think it's all over the country but but it's you know that's the it's the vietnamese faux thing where where there's just bung great vegetables in there and and they do the same and you can't create it at home unless you're going to boil something for 24 hours which i definitely cannot be bothered to do no um but but, but well you we know, actually that's... do we do a pho as well do you so yeah we do a chicken pho pho Can we, how, how do we spell this word p-h-o but you're supposed to pronounce it pho. yeah pho. i always okay. feel really pretentious saying pho yeah but uh yeah it's pho um and yeah we do one actually so all you need to do is add noodles and meat and you're there um, and it's I'm just, going to be looking for that then. I didn't yeah. realise you did that. Yeah, and we, we actually we try and make it as traditionally as possible because, you know, it's a Vietnamese recipe. So we use um, spent hens, so ex-laying hens, and we'll use the whole bird. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, we've tried our best to be as traditional as possible. Yeah. Um, Virginia, in terms of nutrition, is it actually really good for you or does it just make you feel like it's good for you? <laughs> you know, like chocolate. But, but It definitely makes you feel like it's good for you, really yeah. good. But because it's slow cooked, all the nutrients are reduced, um, released really, really slowly into the broth. And therefore, also, it's really easy for your body to absorb all the nutrients, so the vitamins and the minerals. So, yeah, it is. It's really great for you. It's really good. Mm. Wow. Now, um, uh, obviously, you know, you've set up your business. It's, it's, it's gradually growing and you're adding more products, which is what most people do. And then you get hit by COVID. How did that affect your business? Were you... You know, was it a disaster? <laughs> well, it's it was an interesting time um, because we were moving factory uh, at sort of midway through COVID and we had no choice about that. And we it was sort of a long process. Um, so that was just a huge upheaval um, and lots of building work and everything else. And obviously one builder gets hit by COVID and then it knocks everything. So oh. there was things like that. But I have to say, actually, sales-wise, it went, it, you know, our sales basically over a certain period of, of lockdown basically doubled, wow. I think, because the demand was so high. And most of our customers, you know, our biggest customers are Cardo. So they were online supermarkets. So it was, it was we were sort of perfectly positioned. Um, and why do you think it, 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 it doubled? Is it because people were feeling not very well or, yeah, or, or do you think? Yeah. I, I didn't know this was something that you would buy except when you were not feeling very well and you had a cold and you were thinking, I really need something hearty. That's where going. have you been? I know, where have I been? Oh, goodness me. I mean, really, if you go to Wagamama, I mean, that's that's basically what the, you know, some of the... I would buy it as an ingredient to cook with, I think, rather than the medicinal side that you were talking about, which yeah, is amazing. Well, and it's it's interesting you say that because we, we've done a lot of surveys with our customers and... It really is about 50-50, people mm. using it as wow. a cooking ingredient, people drinking it for health. And I kind of intentionally positioned it that way because there are, other, there are other, lots of other bone broth or a few other bone broth companies that are very much health-focused. But for us, we wanted it to be a delicious cooking ingredient. And actually, 
Yeah, I'm very. I've got a very ambitious view that I want to replace the the crumbly stock cube oh, that's made of wow. yeast extract. That are full so, of salt. Well, you've yeah. done that, Horrible. haven't you? I mean, you've got great taste. I mean, twos are amazing. Is it great taste two on the lamb? Uh, one on the lamb, two on the two chicken. on the chicken. Fantastic. You see, what I do is I put them in the freezer. What the whole packet? Yeah, you can put the whole packet in the freezer, and it's. Did just... you buy this? This then, mm. and it's just Amazing. really useful because then, you know, they defrost quite quickly because it's liquid, and you mm -hmm. can then use it for cooking whatever. So it's a great standby to have in the freezer. Yeah, where do you sell it? So yeah, Ocado, um, and then Planet Organic Whole Foods uh, for those in London. Uh, we sell directly on our own website, uh, Abel and Cole and Coon Farm Organic, who are sort of a partner farm. So my daughter lives around the corner from Whole Foods in Camden. That's where I get mine. Perfect. Mm -hmm. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Now, according to my notes, I'm going to ask Virginia this, um, uh, bones are the best food sources of collagen and also several other nutrients like iron, calcium, vitamin D, vitamin C and thiamine, which is B1. What What is collagen? Why is that important? You, you know, as a, as a is that, does that mean I'm going to... If I keep drinking, my lips stuff. gonna puff up. <laughs> no, it means oh, no. Collagen's important. It means I'm not gonna look younger. Yeah. Surely. Yeah, it's good for the skin, but also really good for the bones and the joints and the cartilage, um, and also really good for the gut lining. We need collagen to strengthen that gut lining, particularly when it's a little bit broken or something. Um, so yeah, it's a really absorbable form and really good for all of those for all of those points but particularly for bones and so people who've got things like rheumatoid arthritis osteoarthritis all of that kind of joint inflammation mm. collagen's really good oh wow so eczema and things yeah. like dermatitis would benefit yeah, yeah because it's anti-inflammatory as well oh, i really should be eating this yeah. <laughs> you should it's a, i mean <laughs> no it's, idea it's an easy thing to to to, to have you know for lunch or whatever mm. yeah. and and when you think some of the soups are just so I have soup all the time. This would be the most easy swap out. Yeah, but you can just chuck things in it as well, though. That's mm. what, you know, if you have got leftover chicken or something, it's it's great. I'm, I really like it. My mind is actually blown right <laughs> is now. Is it? No. So tell me, you, you, you're also doing some non-traditional uh, uh, broths. So you, you've got quite a range, haven't you? Now? Yeah. I mean, we do a tonkotsu ramen. So, which is... I need um, to go back on your website. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, and that, well, that's um, pork is the base, but it's organic, pasture-fed, like, free-range. It's lovely pork. Um, but, yeah, so that's, that's flavoured in a sort of very much Japanese style, but using European ingredients. So it's soy-free. Uh, we have that. We have a Vietnamese pho. Uh, those are probably our two sort of slightly different noodle soup bases, we would say. You'd predominantly use that them for that and then our traditional classic broths are chicken beef lamb duck um and then we have an apple miso which is suitable for vegans wow um should they you know want something that that's not got bones in not it. got bones <coughs> in it but um we were talking about this earlier but it's it's apple ha has pectin so it releases a pectin and there's some school for thought that pectin might be the closest thing to um collagen wow i can see that yeah. Because that's the thing that solidifies jam and things, isn't it, when you're making yeah. jam? Yes. Yeah. And I, I don't, you know, it's, it's the evidence behind that is uh, not all there. But, um, you know, we tried to do our best to do something that's suited that audience who were, who were asking for it quite mm. well. Very inclusive. Yes. Mm. Did our best. But I just want to, I know Susie always says, people at home can't taste this. So for the benefit of people at home, this lamb stock that we're tasting now tastes like beautifully cooked ever so slightly pink lamb 
when there are hints in there, aren't there, of sort of rosemary and mint and all these beautiful flavours. It tastes like a gulp of the most incredible roast lamb you've ever tasted. <laughs> it's not just bone broth, because bone broth doesn't sound quite as sexy. <laughs> no. But, it's, but it actually is quite sexy, I think, yeah. is what I'm learning. So here. the chicken uh, one there, I mean, I do actually boil up chicken bones um, quite often and, 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 you know, make some soup out of it afterwards, which is just, it's just fabulous. But, you know, you have to skim the top off and it, it is a bit of a pain. And then you have to get rid of the stuff that you drain, you know, you've drained out. Um, that is as if I've done that at home. It's absolutely... It is literally as if I've done that at home, I think, the chicken one. Yeah, I mean, the way that... Because we have our own factory, we make everything ourselves uh, in West London, and it was very important to me that we basically mimicked how it was made at home. And my recipe that I made in a slow cooker was then just scaled up, but only to the point where it tasted the same. Because if you overscale it, then it doesn't. It doesn't. You have to start substituting stuff. Yeah. So if I walk through into your factory, what would it look like? Would it just have like, I don't know, bag, bags of bones in the corner? <laughs> or how does it work? It's exactly? a dog's dream in yeah. there. How does that work? Uh, I mean, it's it, it sort of is very industrial now, yeah. actually. Um, but yeah, we have, it, it's it's a warehouse that has big, big freezers in it. So And we get bones delivered from all over, um, generally from the south of the country, from all the different farms and they collect their bones for us and send it. And you, you certify that they're organic though. Yeah. Oh, and the traceability is it's really, like, yeah. it's thorough. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. And, and I personally go and visit the farms, which is basically my favorite part of the job. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we, we freeze all the bones um, and then, yeah, we have these giant 500 litre pans and we now have nine of those. Um, and uh, over COVID, we moved into this factory, so we have space for more. But yeah, it's very much, you know... Literally how you do it at home. Yeah. Chuck some herbs in. Yeah, I mean, it is very much, you know, people are in hairnets and yeah, yeah, of course, and all of, course. of that stuff. Mm. Um, but yeah, almost all of the recipes uh, of the classic broths I developed... And my right-hand lady, B developed the duck. And then we now have a recipe developer that helped us with the tonkotsu. So, yeah, you know, they're, they're basically what, what I was making from home, mm. mostly. Yeah, so it's, it's very basic. Yeah. <laughs> but we use But it should water. be. You, don't, it shouldn't, you shouldn't muck around with something that's literally centuries and centuries old. No. I mean, what I always said is that the way we make it is like a, a nerd, basically. A kitchen nerd. <laughs> Love it. It's all made with spring water. It's pink Himalayan salt. Organic peppercorns, wow. all the herbs are all get, you know, fresh vegetables. But don't you think you, you can taste that, sort of, that though? Yeah, that's what I makes think the that's difference, coming don't you think? through. The finish, I mean, I, I'm still sipping mine, even though you said it wouldn't be good when it was cold. I disagree. <laughs> but the, the finish is still going and going, and mm. it's absolutely beautiful. I see, I finished mine ages ago. Did you? <laughs> yeah, but well, how, how long do you have to boil it for? I mean, I know you say you do it for 24 hours. Yeah. But it literally is 24. Is that to get all of the nutrients out of the sort of... Is it the inner core of the bone where the collagen is? Yeah, is that... exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a mixture of the flavour and the, the nutritional benefits. It makes it more gelatinous. But also flavour. Mm. Um, you get a lot more flavour the longer you cook it, basically. And especially because it's not already cooked. I think that's yeah. the real difference. I think that's why the lamb tastes like that beautiful pink lamb flavour rather than cooked... Yes. Very cooked lamb. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So they they are all raw bones that we use. So it, it does have that sort of clean flavour. Well, thank you, Roz. It's good to be updated. Now <laughs> I didn't realise. I just was used to nip into Whole Foods and thought I could just get that. Now I didn't realise you've got loads more, so I'm going to be right on Ocado. 
Well, we Amazing. have, and I, I must add that we've also done a range co-branded with Planet Organic, and two of those are blended soups. So we have mm. uh, a butternut coconut milk, but it's got bone broth at the base. Wow. So it's giving you that collagen benefit, but it's still a soup. Because we had Renee Elliott on the programme, didn't we? We did, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Founder of Planet Amazing Organic. Person. Amazing. Uh, you're doing some fat, aren't you? Proper we beef are. fat soon. See, that is what you cook roast <laughs> potatoes. And I'm so sorry, any <laughs> vegan people. It's just, But for me, it just makes a difference you I'm not, do you know what I don't even really want meat with my Sunday roast I just want my roast potatoes cooked in beef stuff you know I, I've said basically my whole life if I was on a desert island all I need is roast potatoes and gravy oh, and I realise oh. I've created a business that basically <laughs> is yeah, that yeah <laughs> so yeah it, we're doing organic fats and beef fat um, is our first one we're about to launch a chicken fats uh, which I'm so excited about because my descended Jewish roots that's a traditional cooking oil uh, and I think, well, back to traditional eating, I think a lot, there's a lot of evidence coming out that actually seed oils aren't great for you and animal fats are better to cook with. Saturated fats have been demonised for decades and actually there is some evidence to say that they might actually be better. For yeah, and well, in, obviously in, in moderation. Yes. Um, you know, but I remember my grandma cooking occasionally. We'd afford, um, what do you call it, a sort of a beef joint, you know, silver side or whatever. Yeah. And all the fat used to come out and they get a jelly on the top and she used to put that in a bowl so you get the lard underneath the jelly and I think oh that's going to be the next you know the next time we go that will be the potatoes will be cooked in that yeah well my dad that's what it's from my dad would have that on toast yeah yeah absolutely um yeah yeah, it's sort of uh I feel like we're returning back to that food before everything was over industrialized yeah yeah so um Virginia (laughs) what, what what is this debate at the moment about animal fats and 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 maybe not quite as bad as everybody's been demonising them. Yeah. That butter. Yeah. I love butter, for example. Your butter's really good for you too, actually. <gasps> yeah. Really? Butyrate in it, which is something that um, basically the lining of our gut really loves to make it nice and juicy for the bacteria to feed on. So actually, animal fats are really good in proportion as long as we don't have too many of them. It's the same yeah. with everything. Yeah, yeah. So tell me about gut health. Yes. So I remember having an interview on this show quite a long time ago with, who's the guy? You know, I'm getting old. I can't remember people's names anymore. Anyway, so he said then, it was quite a long time ago, gut health's going to be the new thing. And I thought, what's he talking about? <laughs> I remember his name in a minute. And, um, and, and it is been proven to be the fact hasn't it really absolutely we've all got this living bacteria in our gut that we all need and that has an impact on all of our other um conditions in our body so things like our brain our skin also inflammation anywhere but also particularly our digestive health so some of those can be overgrown it's a bit like a garden so you want to have them all in balance but if some of them are overgrown or others aren't grown enough then it leads to other conditions so yeah some of them manifesting in digestive conditions which you would know about. Yeah, and and so the key thing is to have as varied a diet as possible so that you've got as varied... Absolutely. So you want to have lots of bacteria, lots of different types, and you want to have them all abundant as they can. There are some that you want to keep lower, but those are usually the ones that we we don't see so often but can manifest in diseases. But yeah, it's Mm. about eating as many different plants as you can. So whether that's vegetables, whole grains, all of that kind of stuff, herbs, spices, all of those count just to feed because they all feed different bacteria. So that's why it's really important to have diversity. So what's your stomach like then? <laughs> just <laughs> asking. But, you know, so I've just... Had Yours or everyone's? <laughs> no, I'm just, I've just had some bone broth now, you know. So so it goes into my stomach. Yeah. Uh, and what does it do? Just sit there for a little while? And, so and... 
gets churned in your stomach. Food yeah. gets churned in your stomach where the acid breaks it all down. Yeah. Then it goes into the small intestine where it absorbs all the nutrients. And then it moves into the large intestine, which is the area where the gut bugs are. And that's where the last of the... Uh, nutrients are extracted, things like vitamin K that you need for blood clotting. But that's also where the gut bacteria do their work and they extract what they need for energy and to make them grow, basically, and to have this lovely environment. And the thing with something like the bone broth, which has been, um, you know, very slow cooked. Mm. So, so, so what Ros was saying is that that then gets absorbed. Is it important to have stuff like that? Because then I presume some stuff can just pass through your body and you barely take anything from it. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and because this is slowly cooked, it's got those nutrients intact and it's easy to absorb. So some people who've got health conditions, they will have a sort of more broken gut lining. And therefore, it's harder to absorb things. And in those conditions, bone broth is really useful because they can't necessarily absorb all the nutrients from their food. But this they can absorb because it's a liquid and it's really easy. It's fascinating. Fascinating. And, yeah. and how can you tell at home if something's out of balance? Is that literally, you know, I, I know that if I eat too much chocolate, my eczema will flare. Don't and I know that's too much sugar. I know, but it tastes good, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dark chocolate. Dark, I was going to say dark chocolate. Dark chocolate yeah. would be fine. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it often manifests itself in symptoms. So it may not necessarily be gut symptoms like bloating or burping or wind, all those kind of things. Um, but it can just be physical symptoms or it can be things like headaches or psoriasis or all of that kind of stuff. But you wouldn't normally associate that with your... F- with your stomach, would no, you? No. And you don't get diagnosed properly for that, do you? You'd just go to the doctor and get given a cream, cream for a, yeah. whatever. It's not going to solve it, though, is it? Not really. It's no. just going to solve the symptom, not the actual mm. cause, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's getting down to, it's basically a lot of questioning, understanding what's going on, and then making those links with what's going on in the gut. And this is where someone would come to you and say, mm-hmm. I've got these weird symptoms and you would go, ha ha, I know how these all link together. Yeah, so often people <laughs> What do you eat? <laughs> exactly. People Often will people say to me, oh, you know, I've got really bad eczema or psoriasis or something or maybe migraines or whatever and then I'll look a little further into what they're eating and I'll look at their food diary over a period of time and then and then maybe they might have, but it'd be later down the line in the conversation, they might have gut symptoms. And I'll be like, tell me about what's going on down there. You mm. know, how do you feel after you eat? What kind of, that kind of stuff. And quite often, not always, but quite often it's linked to gut. So what is very bad for your stomach? I'm not saying you shouldn't have it. I'm not preaching to anybody, but I say, what, what is really, what really messes your stomach up? Oh, I would, it's more. Yeah, <laughs> alcohol, yes. Oh dear, do you know I knew you were going to say <laughs> But also about how you eat and where you eat, actually. It's about eating too fast or um, eating in front of your computer or the iPad or something, which we all do, or eating on the run because you're not giving. every day. Yeah, exactly. I never eat. Sorry. I mean, walking. If somebody's eating while they're walking, for me, they actually don't care about food. It's just so bad. There is one exception, though, and that is a bag of chips or vinegar on. But, um, you know, you should sit down. And in my company, I was really mean and very dictatorial. Nobody was allowed to eat at their desk. Nothing. I had to go for lunch Brilliant. and sit down and eat because you, you need yeah. a, you need a rest. Yeah. And so is eating slowly, is, is that really, really important? Yeah, really important because it's basically like a sort of domino, a game of dominoes effectively. And the whole of the digestion starts in the mouth. In fact, it starts even before we start eating. So it's about when you're cooking or chopping foods up, it's starting the olfactory senses, so the senses in the nose, which then starts the saliva and then that then kicks into the stomach acid that we were talking about before. And then after the stomach, we get down to the enzymes and the small intestine. So if you're missing that stage of not 
sort of sitting down, gently thinking about eating, slowly eating, those stages stop and don't kick in, which is then why often it manifests in gut symptoms. So so one of the bad things then about having microwave meals that aren't very good for you is not actually just what's the contents of the food is what you're saying. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's about the whole process. The whole process. From start to cutting finish. stuff up. Yeah. Smelling it while you're doing it. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Does the aroma and the kind of um, the, all the different chemicals in your mouth, do they change depending on what you've eaten or is it always the same? No, I think it's always the same, to be honest. But I guess it might stimulate different parts of the mouth mm. and the taste buds and those kind of things that produce different enzymes in the saliva. But there's always the basic enzymes that are there. It's about that sort of appreciation, thinking and also the what we call the rest and digest phase. You probably heard about that, which is where you're less stressed and then everything else can work properly. Because um, so if you're one. stressed, you can't digest because your blood has it's gone to your arms and legs to fight or something. Absolutely. That's wow. exactly it. Okay. It's diverted away from the gut. So if you're stressed, the blood is diverted away from the gut, so your digestion can't work as well. So that's another reason, not just that domino process that I was talking about, but also that everything's diverted away so that you can run away from the line. So to try and try and carve out some time, which I know is very difficult for people, but carve out some time where you prepare the food, eat it, sit down, really enjoy it, put your feet up afterwards exactly. for half an hour yeah. and just really give it the time that it should. Absolutely. And just and sitting with other people and eating all together, that's also really good mm. for our mental health. So that's great. And then going back to um, what we started with and the programme's only finished now, would you believe, you know, taking what, what, what we have here, which is this, this, this bone broth, you know, that the smell of that and all that is really helping me before I even, because mm. the smell was mm. astounding, wasn't it? Oh, before I even beautiful. have any. Mm. Absolutely stunning. The mm. whole studio smells incredible. Where can you get good nutritional advice? Because there's so many contrary you know, contradictory things about nutrition. And it's particularly hard when you have children, you know, should we do this? Should we do that? It's now at the moment, it's salt. You shouldn't give them salt. You shouldn't, you know, do this. Is there a good central resource that people can just try and cut through the hysterical stuff, you know, where you shouldn't eat pate when you're pregnant and you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't. And it's so contradictory so much of it. It's hard to navigate. Is there any anywhere where you would recommend? Yes, yeah, difficult. It's really true. There's so much mm. sort of, different competing information um so some of the charities have really good information so if you're worried about heart health or something like that or children's health then going to those particular charities and also there's registers of nutritionists and nutritional therapists so if you, if you want to go into the yeah, personal going so. to those absolutely i mean the recent thing is you're now supposed to give your children peanut butter when they're three months old whatever it is so they don't get nut allergies <laughs> three well, months or whatever it is i don't know it wasn't three months but do you know it's like well do this you, is not you medical advice so it's so confusing so confusing yeah and dangerous i think sometimes Anything else you want to ask? No, I've just realised that almost everything I'm doing in my life is wrong, wrong. And I need to rethink yes. all my decisions. I need to think about having a couple of glasses of wine with my dinner. And stop eating sandwiches stop. at my desk whilst mm, typing one-handed. Definitely should stop doing that. Um, so, um, Virginia Hill, a nutritionist, thank you so much. We will put a link to your website if anybody wants to get in contact uh, with Virginia, then they can. And Ros Heathcote. Glad you're doing so well. So good to see you again. Likewise. Borough Broth. Again, we'll put some, um, some broth. Nice, nice links on there. Put this on the shopping list. Really, really, really <laughs> recommend that. You should try it. 
I'm going to. Yeah. Especially making your own soups with oh, that as a base. It'd be beautiful. Yeah, fantastic. So you'd be listening to the um, Food Talk Show, as you know. Otherwise, you wouldn't be tuning in, would you? So, and uh, we've been going for a long time, as you know. And uh, you can go and visit any of our hundreds of podcasts on foodtalk.co.uk. And, um, or if you yeah. want to syndicate the show, anyone oh, yeah. is welcome. Yeah, we have loads of radio stations that take our show for free. And the reason why we do that is we want as many people to see what amazing things there are out there that they don't know about um, yeah just get in contact with uh, email hello at foodtalk.co.uk and we'll see you next week say goodbye bye 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 <laughs>